harder to sell if I look like a space you, yeah, alien. Yeah, you wanted to look like a woman. Yes. A middle-aged woman. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, glamorous, kind sexy of, one. Yeah, like, not exactly, you know, but, but, but yes. My partner at like 37, right? Is, yeah. that, is that the look you're going for? Yeah. Hello and welcome to The Glow Up, presented by Stellar Magazine. I'm Vicky Nataro and as always I'm here to talk to one of my favourite people about one of my favourite things, beauty. So this fortnight's episode is kindly sponsored by our friends at Hey You, which is the home of The Real Housewives with every single episode streaming right now. Um, without giving away any spoilers, The Real Housewives of Dubai are giving us not only guaranteed sunshine every Thursday, but also shade. Um, only three episodes in and I've already got my favourites. So don't forget you can watch every season, episode and spin-off of The Real Housewives, including my own favourites, with new episodes of Beverly Hills and Atlanta every week. And Hey You is the only place to watch them all. Now, this episode's guest is someone for whom the word glam feels like an understatement. Ireland's most famous drag queen, proprietor of the hottest spots in Dublin, and someone that fights for equality through art, fun and powerful words, as well as glamour. It's Rory Panty Bliss O'Neill. Welcome. Hi, thank you. How are you feeling today? It's Pride Month. It's the middle of, <laughs> middle of everything. All the craziness is happening. Yeah, it's very intense in June for a drag queen anywhere. Um, so, yes, I'm very busy this month. But well, you look good. lovely. You, look, you don't look stressed at all. <laughs> we'll get Probably into the not. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm still. You know, I'm just come back from the gym because um, I, I'm. You know, I piled on the weight over. You know, the the, <laughs> the lockdowns and stuff, and I'm. You know, only halfway there to getting back to my normal. Well, you look wonderful. So I I tapped you to come on the podcast when I saw you tweeting about your love for one particular product, and I thought, why on earth haven't I begged you to come on already? <laughs> so welcome. Um, tell us about that. That was a, a rimmel eyeliner. Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know. To me, for me, uh, having a waterproof eyeliner was always very important, okay. especially when I was sort of younger and doing a lot of nightclub shows. And you know, you're throwing yourself around in a sweaty nightclub under lights and all of that, like you know, and you're covered in layers of nylon and foam rubber. Like it is sweaty, Betty. <laughs> um, and you know, when you have the non-waterproof eyeliner, you know, after half an hour, you're just your eye makeup is just one big grey blob. Yeah. <laughs> um, so waterproof eyeliner was always really important to me. And it used to be very hard to get waterproof eyeliners um, back in the day. <laughs> um, it was really difficult to get waterproof eyeliners. And uh, the first one that I found is sort of, you know, regularly was a, a Maybelline, but you couldn't get it here. So every time I was in, you know, America, I'd Stop grab up. loads of them. Yeah. And then I discovered Rimmel's Glam Eyes, um, which I guess I've been wearing. I was trying to work it out. It's it's I think it's even more than 25 years um, because I, you know, I can remember who it was. Right. Um, That's what she A friend of it. mine, a girl, we were driving in a car and she in the back seat of the car without a mirror applied. Wow. Um, That's good. Perfect. You know, because she's doing it from muscle memory. She did yeah. it every single day. And um, and and then I started to say, well, what is the one you're using? And then I, it, I realized it was waterproof. And uh, and then for years it was really the only easily found waterproof one, um, and I've been wearing it, you know, ever yeah. since. And you know, it comes in a quite a small bottle, and you know, and a regular girl would probably get you know <laughs> ten times longer use out of it. You know, but my eyeliner is huge, <laughs> and uh, so I go through them, you know, like nobody's right. Business. So you've spent a lot of money on Rimmel eyeliner. Over yeah, the years. I go into Boots every now and then. And I grab Just ten of up. them. And is like, would you be quite loyal to products that you know work in general? Yeah, I am because you know they're not going to budge. It's partly out of loyalty because I know that they work. Yeah, 
and it's also just partly out of laziness. I um, get that. <laughs> you know, I, and and occasionally, you know, I'll see another waterproof. Let's take the example of honor. Occasionally, I'll see another yeah. one, and I'll just grab one. Anyway, but you know, when you're so used to a particular wand and the length of it, yeah, and, yeah, you know, and all of that, and stuff. then they feck and change it sometimes, and you're going, yes. Ah! Well, I'm always living in fear that, that Renault will stop. To, yeah. I mean, you know, it's been out there for so long. Um, I'm always living in fear that that will you know, happen and then I'll have to get used to an entirely different kind of wand and find right, we'll another one We'll have to get you stash. Rimmel PR is, I've got your number. We're, we're getting him stashed. <laughs> well, Rimmel PR DM'd me after <laughs> I tweeted about it. Um, but I've never heard from them again since. Okay, so. I'll, I'll follow up. Don't worry. I'll be your, your eyeliner go-between. Um, so what other products then would be in your drag arsenal from for that long? Or is that the longest serving one? Um, no. Uh, I have a couple of things that... I've been using forever. Um, the other big one for me is my foundation. Right, and, tell me. And I use Cryolan Paints TV Paint Stick. Wow. Um, because it needs to be stage heavy. It needs to be absolutely full coverage. Um, like and it needs, on your yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it needs to stay on. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, again, I probably fell into all these things when I'd be doing a lot of the sweaty nightclub shows. So, you know, just staying on in, in, in harsh conditions. But also, you know, doing quick changes and all of that kind of thing. Um, it's no good to you if, you know, it's something rubs against your face off, and yeah. takes off. So um, I've been using and, and I've tried uh, other because, you know, for example, crying on pain stick is can be quite difficult to find. You know, yeah. it's not available on every street. Um and so I have tried, you know, all the other things. But, you know, if you walk into a regular makeup counter store or whatever, and they say, oh, this is our full coverage. Yeah, I'm always like, but is it drag yeah. queen full <laughs> coverage? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And um, so TV Paint Stick has been with me for, oh. Do you know what? I'm tempted to give it a whirl because I love full coverage myself and I'm sick to death of, yeah, girls are making Well, it's also a great product. It's not a heavy, thick, It doesn't wreck your skin or anything. No, 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 no. Cryoland is a great company and, um, you know, it it was born out of stage makeup. Yes. Um, You know, but they don't, you know, they don't, you know, stiff you. Uh, you know that the the pigment's strong in their right. colors. The you know they it's it's good quality, and I would you know, rely on it okay. a lot. Good to, to know. Back. Good to know. And then I have a few other ones that I've used for a very long time. Like I use the Mac Raisin Contour, right? And I've been using that forever. A cool it's a, contour. Yeah, and it's a good it's a good warm color. Right. Um, and you know, it goes on well. Uh, yeah, no, I've I don't never. Think I've tried that one. You raisin, like, I don't know, contour slash blush, depending on how you want right. to use it. Uh, it's a nice warm brown. And Mac, I've been doing it forever. Like, I I, I can't remember when I started using yeah. it. It was a long time ago. And have you got a go-to lash? No, I don't, because my lashes need to be absolutely fucking huge. Right. <laughs> and so there's no point in me going to Boots. Right. Um, well, some of them now nowadays... Yeah, but in my world, they're still nowhere near. <laughs> so I, um, you know, so, I, you know, in, in a push, I will have yeah. to... Um, but I'm usually buying them on the internet where I can get re- really big ones. And then I, you know, I'm layering up about yeah. four or five different Victoria pairs. Victoria's Secret told me this trick. Yeah. That you're literally making a feather almost out of them. I am. So <laughs> I, I'm sort of layering them on top of each other and, and different kind of ones. I'll get a few that are spiky and then a few that are more solid so that the, so nearer the eye, they have like a good solid base. Right. Um, and sometimes if they're not, if I want to have an extra long one, um, as I'm layering them on, I'm gluing them together with, you know, eyelash glue. Yeah. You know, as I layer the ones on top, I'm pulling them further out from right, the base okay. one. So it's they get extra length. 
And then, you know, if it doesn't look quite right, I'll get the scissors out. So about every few months, I'll sit down at home in front of the TV with a whole load of eyelashes and I make myself about Arts know, and seven or eight <laughs> pairs. Yeah. And, and then once you have them layered up, they last a very long time yeah. because they're solid, they're thick and yeah. all. So, um, uh, yeah, but I mean, I'll, you know, occasionally I'll find a new brand somewhere that I quite like. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty agnostic about that because right. as long as I'm piling them on together. Yeah, you're happy yeah. out. It's funny, you're actually my first queen in real life because during lockdown we were Zooming for the podcast and oh, I right. had a load of queens during that. And every time I was online, <laughs> they were giving me suggestions. I nearly bought like three wigs. <laughs> I was like, stop it. Just well, stop now, it now. <laughs> I've been doing drag for a very long time and, and, and the, the, the stuff you can get for drag has transformed Completely. enormously. So I was starting in the late 80s here in, in, in Dublin. I was an art student in Dunleary. And I had to make my own shoes. Wow. Because the only shoes you get in my size at that time, you know, before the internet were and all that. Were not glam. Yeah, they were like, a, you know, a, a lesbian work court shoe, you know. And um, so I would get like sandals and stuff and I would, you know, cut the straps off them, add other straps. Um, I would make platforms out of, um, uh, cork tiles I would lay, layer up cork tiles that's some skills like um, Queen's well, days are ruined yeah because it used to be a fully DIY thing yeah. and then even and then wigs used to be incredibly expensive um, and you know a, a lace front or something was just out of your yeah. range um, and again the internet transformed all of that slowly because you know some poor kid in China will make you a pretty decent lace front wig for yeah. you know 70 quid yeah yeah um, so, and nowadays, of course, all the queens, younger queens and that, you know, they, they pay people to style their wigs from them for them. Because, yeah. you know, wig styling is a very specific skill. Absolutely. It's not, you know, regular hairdressers mm. you are, don't know, you know, what that's about. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, so that even amazed me because drag has become so huge that so there are expensive. people. Yes. But that there are people now who make their living yeah. styling wigs yeah. just because there are that many drag queens. Whereas in the old days, you had to learn all that crap yourself. <laughs> And and even that, you know, before YouTube, you know, how did you learn to style a, yeah. a, a, you know, a drag wig? You had to get some older queen to give you to a show few you. tips or whatever. Uh, who was your older queen mentor? Um, well, there was a few along the way, but none really here in Ireland because there weren't really any. There was Mr. Pussy. Yeah. He was the only one knocking around. And, and Mr. Pussy didn't really work the gay scene. Right. So, um, you know, we had, I mean, I'm great friends with Pussy now and everything. But back then, you know, we weren't in the same yeah, circles, circles or whatever. Um I was part of a double act in in Japan for five right. years, and the my partner in that double act was a few years older than me, and she'd come from Atlanta, Georgia, which is kind of one of the spiritual homes of drag. Mm-hmm. Um, like he came from the same scene and the same group as uh, Lady Bunny and RuPaul and all of that. So he had more makeup skills than I did right. in the beginning, so I learned a lot from him at the beginning. Um, and then over the years, yeah, just... Yeah, you you make lots of friends as you're around on the drag circuit or whatever. Do, does it make you kind of laugh now when you look at the the baby queens who have grown up steadily on a diet of RuPaul's Drag Race and yeah, like <laughs> like it's wild to me. You know, I started doing drag because it was stupid fun. Um, you know, when you're 21, the job is literally people you know give you free booze yeah. and a few quid, and your job is to run around drunk, <laughs> yeah. being the life and soul of the party. Yeah, you know, like. You know, sometimes people say to me, so why did you get a drag? And I was like, why the fuck did you not yeah, get a drag? Because like, exactly. what 21-year-old doesn't want doesn't that job? Doesn't want that, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but, but I, 
never perceived it as a real job. I also one day I'll have to get a real job <laughs> um, because, you know, before recent years, there was really only a handful of queens anywhere yeah. that made a full time living out of it. And there was only ever like one famous drag queen around at any one time. You know, there was um, Danny LaRue. And then after him, there was um, Lily Savage, Lily Savage and, and then Edna. Dame Edna, um, then RuPaul, you know. And so that has all changed. Um, and now it does amaze me, A, that there are so, so many, many baby drags. Yeah. And secondly, um, yeah, that they just go on the Internet and, and get cool. great hair. <laughs> uh, they go on the Internet and get great shoes. Yeah. Um, and, you know... So it's wild that they see it as a perfectly legitimate career choice. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's like teenage girls wanting to be influencers. Yeah. Like that's just yeah, it's wild. how and the world is. So that is a, a huge and dramatic change. I mean, I never ended up getting a real job, but only because, you know, I never really had to in the <laughs> end. Luck. Somehow yeah. I always managed to pay the rent or whatever. But I was probably, I'd probably been doing drag for about 25 years before I thought, oh, I guess this is my real My job. career. Yeah. Your life's work. Yeah. yeah. And then you became a proprietor of a, a night spot in your, na- in your name, your eponymous panty bar. Yeah. Well, that also was like, you know, I was approaching 40 and I was thinking, well, what do aging drag queens yeah. do? You know, <laughs> and I'd spent my life in clubs and gay bars and all of that. So it seemed. You knew what worked. Yeah. It seemed like. The, you know the obvious next step yeah. you know step for an Asian drag queen yeah and it's worked out pretty well it has 15 years this year amazing incredible and what a great spot as well the crack yeah, is mighty in it. there and I guess what now after doing this for what 25 plus years what's your favourite part of it still like do you still enjoy the actual getting dolled up it, I mean it's funny you know drag is uncomfortable um so yeah. it's being a woman. But yeah. It's more so because everything's exaggerated. Bigger, yeah. yeah. Like I used you often joke, you know, I'm so glamorous, I'm practically disabled. <laughs> because, you know, once you have the shoes on, you can't walk very far, very well. Yeah. The nails, you, you know, it's hard to, you know, type in your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, the hair is this huge, heavy nylon hat glued fake to your boobs. head. I you can only imagine one thing more uncomfortable than real boobs, and that's fake yeah. boobs. <laughs> well, and all the corsetry and, yeah. you know, all the bits, and you literally have big lumps of foam strapped to your hips maybe. And, you know, it's just bloody uncomfortable mm-hmm. and sometimes downright painful, you know. And as you get older... A, you have to do more of that yeah. stuff because, you know, if you're 21 and skinny bitch, you know, you can sort of work a flimsy, yeah. half, nearly not there bikini look, yeah. you know, but you can't at my age. <laughs> um, and and it just gets more tiring, exhausting. So um, I don't do the throwing myself around nightclub kind of stuff anymore, but I do st- still absolutely love the performing part and yeah. my favourite thing is still doing my sort of stage shows that I do which are mostly kind of talking you know monologues <laughs> or um, and, and and when I sit down at the makeup mirror um, I have a moment to be there and think because oh, I have done it thousands of times yeah. and it's going to take me at least two hours um, because it's a special effects makeup job yeah. you know and uh, and so there's a bit of but then you kind of just go into the zen muscle memory thing yeah. and then the next thing you know you're late right you know and uh, so I do still I, or at least I can still get a real thrill out of th- that creative aspect of, you know if I've styled up a new hair and I like it and yeah. um, you know I thought about the outfit and yeah. sometimes I'll get you know put more of an effort into being creating a new, new eye look or whatever and when yeah. it all comes together I 
you know, it is. It's an artistic project, yeah, and when it comes out well. Yeah. But of course, there are days where it's work. I gotta get ready quick. Yeah. I'm going to stick to my you yeah. know, easy peasy neutrals. <laughs> um, you know, throw on whatever I have. Whatever wig is ready. Yeah. yeah. So it's like any job. Do I love it? Yes, I do. Um, is it the, the right job for me? Yes, it is. Am I happy in it? Yes, I am. But of course, there are days where it just feels like work. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally get you. And I guess, like, it's kind of difficult to to ask you if you have like a favorite lipstick or a favorite eyeshadow because you probably have your kind of go to set looks. Do you more than like? Do um, you have a, a pink look, a red look, or are you I kind of to, do to um, mix it up. You know, most days I am a bit lazy and I stick with the kind of the, the sort of neutral, you know, colored eyes and uh, plum lip or whatever. That is always my fallback go to. Right. And especially, um, you know, when I would have been doing the kind of crazy bar show in, in Panty Bar or whatever, and there's 10 outfits involved and right. hair changes and all that, the makeup needs to work with every single one of them. Of course. So the fallback was the neutral ever. Yeah. And I can turn that out without even thinking yeah. and, and sort of. The, but yes, then if I'm wearing a full-on pink outfit and it's pride or something else yeah. or something I'm going to get photographed in and I take a bit more effort, yeah, I love a load of color. Yeah, I love doing like a full-on tropical an, sunset. Have you got an eyeshadow palette that's like your go-to for colorful looks? I do. Well, it changes, but at the la- the last couple of years, I've been using you know a, a, a Cryoland palette that's you know all the bright colors in yeah. the world. Um, I I also like. Especially when I'm away in, say, the U.S. or something, I, I, I gravitate towards the the shadows and that that are marketed, you know, at uh, you know black ladies, because pigment is yeah, there. they have great pigment in them, mm-hmm. and so um, basically coverage and pigment is what I'm looking for yeah. all the time. I hate, you know, you, it looks beautiful in the palette, and, and it's wishy washy, wishy washy, yeah. and even if you use, you know, a base for it, or whatever, it's just like ugh. The one that people are raving about the past couple of years is the Be Perfect Stacey Marie palette, I think it's called. It's multicolored rainbow. And a lot of queens seem to like that. Oh, and I don't know. It I is mean, quite intense. Check it out. It's quite intense. It's quite it's not that it's difficult to blend, it's just so highly pigmented. You'll be No, I like that. You, yeah, you know yourself. And you know, I like <laughs> I, I like that. you know, using lipsticks and stuff as as a as base a, yeah. for the for the to really make them pop and Do you have to do any of the colour correcting? No, I don't. No, I'm so lucky there. You're fair. I'm fair and my beard isn't heavy or anything. Yeah. So I don't do any of that. Because um, sometimes if you're watching Drag Race, for example, and you're oh, yeah. seeing them walking around with painted red or green or blue faces, yeah, yeah, lots going, of, what, lots of queens here? are doing it. Yeah, that must do, be yeah. difficult if you have like a five o'clock shadow that comes through. That would yeah, yeah. I mean, it's awkward. pretty easy to do the color correction. Mm. Um, but if you're like you know one of these people have a heavy beard, mm. yeah, because you know um, texture is a big problem for queens. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you're talking about products that I use forever. You know. To me, one of the most important steps and one that I just would never, ever, ever not do is covering eyebrows. Right. Um, because, you know, they transform everything. And I use two different kinds of glue to do that. Right. And um, the first glue I use, Prosade. It's a sort of a, you know, special effects makeup glue. And that just yeah. flattens them out. It just, it lays them down and right. they will not budge. <laughs> you know, no matter what you're doing, they won't move. And then most queens use... um. It's like an American, it's called Elmer's glue, a stick. Yeah. It's like Pritt stick. Yeah. And it's an American one. Um, it's good because it is entirely water-based. So the, the oil in foundations and that won't, you know, if you use a regular Pritt stick, it won't yeah. work. Um, the oil in your uh, in your base will eventually penetrate and it becomes sticky and gooey. And, the hairs and you don't want that. So I am locking it down with Prosage, um, which is 
absolutely full roof. But then I use layers of Elmer's to uh, to take out as much of the texture as possible right. because it bothers me <laughs> so much when I can see that it's right. textured. And there. You, you're not willing to obviously shave them because in your regular no, like, life, like I have thought about it a few times. Yeah. Um, you know, especially like if say I'm touring and I'm getting a drag every single day, right. it would save it me would save you a, the a lot of time. Um, but I'm not dedicated enough to not to look like a freak all day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, draw them on pretty convincingly, but that's just I know, more but even work. then you have yeah. you know, you And what time. do you use then to create your drag bra, your panty bra? Um, again, I'm pretty agnostic there. <laughs> I, I, I do have a sort of a again, it's a cryolon eyebrow palette that I use a lot. But I'm just as happy to be dipping into me raisin, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty agnostic about that. Um, well, I can recommend Anastasia's or Anastasia, as they say, yep. uh, the dip brow pomade. Okay. Doesn't budge. Gives you a fabulous brow. I'd be a fan. I've run out of it at the moment and I'm going, they don't sell it in Brown Thomas anymore. Oh, yeah. So I'm trying to get my paws on some. But yes, it's very good. And, and the other place where texture, of course, matters is around the mouth. Right. A, I'm 53, so it's quite, the you know, and I'm good. a vapor, so I have those little lines. Um, and... You know, there's a bit of stubble or whatever. Um, so finding the perfect lip liner texture is right. very important to me because, you know, some lip liners are just too soft yeah. and so they just bludge across. And if you've got a little texture there, they're smudging and bl- you know, yeah. lumping and all of that. But then if they're too hard, um, you know, you're sort of the opposite problem. Um, and and actually, this is one of my other tips because uh, <laughs> because it's a, you know, Pharmacy brand, you can in boots. It's not; they're not expensive, um, but they're the best as far okay, as I'm texture. The Barry M lip liners, oh, really? okay. they are so good. They don't have a huge range of colors usually. Yeah. Well, certainly not in any boots That's I go to. That's a really bargain brand. But yeah. it's a bargain bargain brand, and I think it's the best textured lip liner I out tried there. That one. That's yeah, good. No, I thought you were going to say Catrice. Have you tried any of their stuff? No. There's a really good, really nice, almost very similar to Mac in texture. Yeah. Uh, Mac World would be my go-to. And Catrice yeah. have several that are very, very I, nice. I used a lot of Makeup Forever for a very long time because we gone. had the standalone store here. Yeah, and I, Clarence You know, knew Sinead and Sandra and yeah. all of them in there. And so I went in there all the time for various things. And they used to do TV paint stick and Yeah, and they things. have that, what's that liquid that makes um, eyeshadows like a liquid liner? Yeah. Yeah. All of that kind of TV stuff. So um, I did, you know, that was basically my... Yeah. Go in there and stock up yeah. every now and then. So yes, I was devastated. I'm when, devastated. When, when yeah, we used to do a lot of our shoots, and they were amazing. Yeah. So and sad. there are, of course, you know, counters in you know yeah. various department stores, but it's just not the same. They don't have, they don't no, have the full it's not range the same. And yeah, and all of that. Yeah, it's different when it's a standalone store, isn't it? Like it's it is. The yeah. Like one of my best friends, Aiden, works in Brown Thomas. He's the kind of personal beauty shopper, but. He's dealing with older rich ladies all the time yeah. who don't want to basically spackle and shellac their faces. Yeah. They want to look radiant and glowy. Um, but yeah, I, I do love an experience of a standalone store and I do miss it. They were great yeah. girls. Yeah. So would you ever let anybody else do your makeup? Uh, incredibly rarely. Yeah. Um, it's changing slightly now because drag makeup has become such a thing and there are a billion YouTube videos about yeah. and all that. But in general, and certainly before recent times, your average makeup artist was totally lost oh, yeah, on a drag case totally, yeah. because it's entirely different, you know, process. Yeah. You're not just highlighting your yeah, yeah. best features and all that. You're trying to obliterate a whole yeah. face <laughs> yeah, and paint a brand new again. face on it. <laughs> um, and all the things like blocking eyebrows and all of that are, you know, are skills that a regular makeup artist would have no need yeah. for generally. Um, and so in general, 
you know, never really. Yeah. And also, I know my face better than anybody Exactly. Else. I feel like that about my face too. People are asking yeah. me, like, the Style Awards this weekend, oh, who's doing your makeup? I'm like, me, bitch. I'm not going to let anyone near me, to be yeah. honest, because they'll just do it wrong. I draw the line of having my hair done, if yeah. I'm honest. Um, well, you know, occasionally so then, you know, I'll know some makeup artists, yeah. whatever, and just as a thing. But that'd be very... Very rare. Some queens never do their own makeup nowadays as well. And like, isn't RuPaul famous for not doing his own makeup? Yes. He has a team. Yes, he has a and whole team. during lockdown was wearing masks. On I know, because he couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, it always kills me, you know, the way, you know, he never ever moves his head yeah, during the, the whole show. the lighting is perfect. Is after, like, fair play, you know. Oh, if you can get yeah, away with it, yeah. you do it. Oh my God, if I could be lit all the time, <laughs> yeah. I'd be absolutely thrilled. But I have to say that I carry in my phone a picture of RuPaul when he was a guest judge on uh, Project Runway. No way. And it's howlingly bad. Oh, God. And, but I haven't... Really <laughs> Google just, it, just, you know, If you ever feel like, you know, oh, you, you see a bad picture of yourself, you know, yeah. like, no, the reality is that even RuPaul, yes. when he's not... You know, oh, my God. It was just before Drag Race, I guess. Right. Um, he's, it's not lit for him specifically. <laughs> he's sitting in the same lighting as everybody else. He's got a wig thrown on and maybe he did his own makeup that day. Amazing. <laughs> and, Amazing. I'm going to Google yeah. that immediately. Well, well, I'll show it to you after. It's I in, love yeah. that. And do you ever do anybody else? Um, I have done. Yeah. Um, but again, um, it's not something I particularly enjoy. And also because it's so weird. Um, you know, if you're doing your own makeup. Yeah. It's uh, like a mirror image. Right? Totally. Yeah. And then you have to turn your hand around. It's and so do the, difficult. It's so hard. I'm always trying to recreate my liner on people and just end up making them look ridiculous. Yeah. So I apologize to everybody that I've attacked with <laughs> with a, an eyeliner brush in the past. But it's so yeah. hard because I'm great at doing my, well, I'm, not great, I'm good at doing my own but I cannot do anybody else. So I always find that interesting. And, and people like, are always kind of casually laughing and saying, oh, you should put me in Drag One Day or you should put you know, him oh, in Drag One Day. And I was like, up. Okay, when I have five hours yeah, out of my yeah. life, you know. Like, <laughs> and you sit there and you shut up yeah. and you don't move your face, yeah. So my hairdresser is actually a, a wig stylist okay. for um, for a lot of queens and he would love to drag me up. So one day I'll let him. But I, I would love it. I've seen Holly Carpenter, other glam gals yeah. get the full treatment and they look amazing. Like yeah. I'd absolutely love it. Um, so where do you go for your clothes these days? Is it mostly an internet? No. Um, the same guy has been making my clothes so for all a, a lot of years now. I'd have a few things that mm. were, you know, maybe things that I bought off the rack many years ago and I've still liked and whatever. And during lockdown, um, I was, uh, you know, I, I sort of went on the internet and bought 10 new caftans, you know, because I was so <laughs> I love like a caftan, oh my God. Um, well, thank God I always have liked a caftan, yeah. you know, a big glamorous <laughs> caftan. So I had a few when I piled on all the weight. Um, and these days you hardly ever see me in anything else until I'm back to my normal <laughs> size. Um, but no, James David Seaver, um, he he used to be like, um, uh, he was the head designer of Voca for a long time. Oh, right. He's um, costume designer in The Gate these days. Um, but over the years, uh, you know, he used to do leather work for some of the big companies. He did corsets for the Moulin Rouge. Um, so he's Amazing. had a very, very thing. And when I, when he first started making clothes for me, well, uh, fifteen years ago, maybe or something. Um, he at that time he was the head designer of Boca, and so his day job was a particular, Hilarious. you know, kind of <laughs> yeah. uh, thing. And so getting to dress a drag queen was kind of fun for him, right. you know. And he could throw out the glitter and the feathers and all that. Um, and he's been making my clothes ever since. Yeah. And how would you describe your drag style specifically? Like, what's what was your inspiration in creating Panty, or was it just kind of a natural like thing you liked? 
Um, I mean, a bit of both. Definitely, there's sort of style icons, Farrah Fawcett, um, Dolly Parton, and Maggie Smith in the prime of Miss Jean Brody. Okay. They are the, that specific <laughs> movie. They are the, you know, they're the three big... The looks. Yeah, look. The big hair, the glamour. Yeah, big hair, flicks. Um, yeah. But, but of course, you know, what worked for me when I was 28 is not necessarily what's going to work for me right. when I'm 53. Um, well, it's still working and, for Dolly. <laughs> I know, yeah. But so I, I sort of only half jokingly sometimes describe, you know, Panty's look as, you know, barrister's wife. Um, <laughs> I see that. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> yeah. So, you're, um, you're fond of a print, right? You like yeah, them. I like a print. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, there's, uh, you know, uh, you know, I like, I don't, like a deep plunging because I don't have to worry about you know fake boobery and all that sort of stuff I I prefer to hide my arms because no matter what you do a man's arms you know have a mannish look about them and all that stuff (laughs) Um, so I just have things that I like generally to to be towards your waist yeah well not the moment but uh, yeah (laughs) Um, all of that stuff Um, but also you know you know I was an art student and so and actually when I first started doing drag I did I didn't do panties straight away. I did a more artsy, nutty kind of stuff. Right. And you can imagine it was more club kiddie and sticking yeah. things to your face and all that. And that is super fun. And, you know, and I, I like those makeup artists who are doing wild, crazy things and everything. But for the kind of things that I wanted to be doing in drag, that look wouldn't have helped me. Right. You know, I want to do, you know, monologues and all the things and, and, and say stuff to people and everything. And, and it's the kind of stuff that wouldn't it would be harder to sell if I looked like a space you, yeah, alien yeah you wanted to look like a woman yes. a middle aged woman yeah like, <laughs> a well, glamorous kind sexy of, one yeah like not exactly you know but 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 yes part not like 37 right is, yeah. that, is that the look you're going yeah. for yeah I wanted it to be real enough that people can hear you know a real thing from yes. you yes um, but not so real that it that it you know, becomes just an impersonation. Yeah. Of, of a, and do you, you think know. that kind of helped with your activism as well? That you were able to stand on the stage of the oh yeah, for sure. And, yeah, yeah. And, you and know, have it, people listen to you and take you ser- 100 seriously. Yeah, like if I, you know, was making those kinds of speeches, whatever, you know, with ping pong balls stick to my face yes. and you, you know, glitter humps different. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would be very much harder for people to hear me. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed yesterday that you were on Times Square at the weekend, unbeknownst to yourself. I was. Yeah, I don't know really. You still what don't it. know what it was. Well, so it was somebody suggested to me that it was, um, you know, like some streaming service that was sort of pushing the their their pr- kind of pride related things, and so yeah. The, so yeah, that must be kind of weird. You wake up and you see a flash of yourself on Times Square <laughs> in the <laughs> yeah, middle well. of the night. Yeah, but yeah, there's a funny thing, you know. If I'd woken up on a picture and I saw that there was a picture of Rory on Times Square, I would think that is really weird. But, but there's, there's a kind different. of a weird yeah, separation. Oh, look, there's Panty on Times Square. Yeah. Like, and I guess it was around the, the marriage referendum that everything really exploded for you in terms of your, mm. well, everything, but in terms of your profile with, for example, my parents know who you are now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like before that, um, you know, all the queers knew me. All the city slickers would have known yeah, you. Yeah, and the but, kind of... Yeah design kids and you know the theater kids yeah yeah um but it was only after you know the abbey theater thing and the marriage everyone that you know yes your granny in kildare might know yeah yeah and was that that strange or slightly thrilling or kind of were you just pleased that it worked i guess you know a a bit of all of those things i guess um, but again it's panty and not rory exactly there's a kind of you know panty is designed for public consumption 
you I know. Like that. <laughs> and so, you know, that's what she was there for. Yeah. Um, so, so there is always a slight remove where I feel like it's, you know. Yeah. It's not that I'm, you know, split personality. I think, you know, like. No, I get it. But, Sometimes but, but I love an this, alter ego. Yeah. I get it. Like, it's, yeah. it's a persona that you literally don Yeah, and absolutely. Then, and you've used her for both, as I said in the intro, fun and frolics and the yeah. crack and making a career out of it, but also for serious things yeah. that have really changed policy and changed lives mm. in Ireland, which is amazing. But obviously, at the moment, we're still hearing of horrific gay bashings yeah. and inequality. And, and I think we have a feature in the magazine this month about why Pride is still so important, mm. where we asked queer people as yeah. to, you know, because you, sometimes you hear, oh, you don't need that anymore. It's the same way yeah. they say we don't need feminism anymore. Yeah. What a lot of bullshit. Yeah. Basically. So is that what Pride is for you now? Because I remember 10, 15 years ago, it was pushing towards marriage equality mm -hmm. and just pushing towards recognition in that arena. Yeah. Whereas now it's just, I guess, telling people we still why we still need it and yeah. anti-violence and anti- Yeah. Anti-assholes, basically. <laughs> well, you know, Pride has always been both a protest and a celebration. And and I think, you know, there are, say, the year after marriage equality, that year it just felt like a celebration yeah. because like, we just You'd achieved want, something yeah. big. Um, but I think, you know, the best prides still incorporate both of those things because, um, you know... You know, you don't get rid of every asshole just because you got mm. marriage equality through. So, of course, there are still, you know, rancid homophobes and trans uh, people who attack and, people. And yeah. at the moment, yes, like trans people are going through a really, really awful, horrible time. And it's a really awful, horrible time that I fully recognize from what it was like to be queer in the 80s. All the exact same arguments and stuff. And at the moment, there's this real you know, general moral panic that, that has been cynically, you know, created by the far right, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um over the last years and now it's really coming to a boil and in America you see this like insane stuff that you know children should never see a drag queen and that every every queer person is just you know by some sort of sex porn yeah, person yeah. or whatever all this nonsense and then you saw there was these you know fascists um, trying to attack prides in yeah. small towns and everything yeah. in America so it's really and this is all tied up with the same thing you know, the, the attacks on trans people and all that so there absolutely still is a reason for pride, and and it doubly annoys me when I sometimes see you know a particular kind of queer person saying, oh you know, oh, you know, can't have leather queens or drag queens at pride, and why can't we all just wear a suit and be nice? Like yeah. fuck <laughs> off! The only reason you're able to wear a suit and get a job in a bank and be queer is because, because of the pride. drag queens and the yeah. leather queens and all that went out on pride and you know, you know, yeah. forced people to acknowledge their existence. And what is the point in queer liberation if you're then going to decide that some queers are okay and some if queers aren't? If you're going aren't. to exclude yeah. people, like yeah. it's it, yeah, so, it's a constant battle. I think it it should be, it should remain so, and yeah, nobody's yeah. nothing's fixed. Nothing's and you know, perfect. even if we even if we woke up tomorrow in some sort of heaven, you know, where nobody cared about your second, I'd still say we should have pride. You know, we still have St Patrick's Day. Exactly, you still celebrate. You know, yeah. yeah, and sometimes you know, for you know minority groups, it's good to have one fucking day where you can feel like you own the city. You know, Absolutely. For Change, Absolutely, you know all that deserved. Stuff. Yeah, and who can argue? Like it's bright and colourful and fun, and like I don't know. I think all of the obviously hatred comes from fear, yeah. but I think if people experienced it, you know the the joy. Especially, I remember the day after marriage equality when everyone was just celebrating and out oh, yeah, so on Capel Street yeah, and having. You know, who could argue with that happiness? Yeah, what people do. 
people do. Well, you'll always find weirdos to argue against anything. Anything, yeah. yeah I've learned that. The internet the wor- is the best and worst thing yeah. that's ever happened, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, look, thank you so much for joining My me. Pleasure. I could chat to you for hours and hours and hours and I really want to like have a look at your glam stash. <laughs> get <laughs> yeah. into your dressing yeah, room. Yeah, you get on to that PR Yeah, oh, I will. Don't yeah, worry. We'll sort you eyes. out. We will sort you out. <laughs> and just to say before we go that who doesn't like saving a bit of money, especially at the moment, affecting cost of living crisis. So, hey, who gets that? And they have 50% off for three months with the code Spring Sale and you can watch all the Housewives. Are you a Housewives fan? I'm not. Oh my because God. I don't really get into the reality TV stuff much at all. To it. But my neighbor is Connor Behan. Ah. Like my literal neighbor. Housewives and Me, the yes. best podcast. So, uh, you know. I've been on that podcast twice and in the <laughs> space of the year that I was on it, hey, you work with Connor as well, um, I'd watched something ridiculous, something like 30 seasons in between my first appearance and my second appearance. So I'm a full-blown addict. Yeah, people get re- are really, it's really, really, really into really it. Addictive. But why is it so uh, addictive? Because it's rich ladies fighting, being glamorous, getting drunk and just bitching at each other. It's There's something, there's some kind of strange alchemy in how they act with one another in that you can see yourself in it but you also feel really far removed and are like thank god that's not me it's a very strange anthropological experiment I'm fascinated by it but but like but but it's an anthropological experiment that has been totally set up in most it, ways it, well it is and it isn't because what they try and do is get people who are already involved with one another yeah. so they'll get friend, groups of friends yeah. and they'll get family members and like some of the seasons like New Jersey is mostly all family members mm. so they already have all this bullshit simmering yeah. so what they do is they put them in situations where it comes to the yeah. fore and then you'll have in each series you'll have a couple of them that try and manipulate the storyline for their own benefit and that's when it gets really good so I can Highly recommended. It's it's camp as fuck. But do you do, do you get into the other realities? Like, are you a big Love Island girl no. and all of that? No, I like the Kardashians because just because I like looking at them and I like their dynamic. But I don't obviously don't like a lot of other things about them and how they try they'd sell their nana. But Housewives, I I kind of was dipping in and out of it. But then during lockdown, it actually honestly kept me sane because I had so many seasons to watch my husband wasn't interested at all so he could sit and do his work in the other room and I would just be bet in and then you, you get involved with them and they're really camp and funny and hilarious start with Beverly Hills because it's probably the easiest one to get into and they're all very rich and glamorous like some of the other seasons or the, the other franchises they're not so glam but they're kind of recognisable so like one of them is Paris Hilton's aunt one of them is Lisa Vanderpump who's like a gay rights activist dog person very rich and fabulous so Beverly Hills I would probably start with you'll get celebrities popping in it keeps it exciting um, but yeah I'm, I'm a full blown addict as you can tell and Dubai is the new one and they're all even richer than the American girls because there's no taxes in Dubai so they're all just out there with their fortunes buying lots of ridiculous six million dollar necklaces so I'm going to get you hooked I'll get you a code for that along with your eyeliner. but then again I don't know I want to get hooked to something that has a thousand hours of television well you don't you can pick and choose what you watch I can tell you what seasons to skip in their entirety just listen to to one of Connor's podcasts and you'll get the gist but we have to get Connor on the glow up actually I need to talk to him about his skincare we didn't even get to your skincare what's your one can't live without skincare product if I'm feeling wealthy and rich you know the YSL youth what's it called forever young serum oh but I'm actually very lazy about my skincare and to be brutally honest you're going to be shocked most 90s I'm just using you know little CN 
I love a face wipe. Uh, a face wipe? No, I use their serum and their moisturizer. Okay. No, because I always get given out to for loving a face wipe on this podcast. But I love a face wipe. I can't I, help I it. I take all the time with a face wipe. Uh, yeah. Devine Devine is trying to get me to buy, you know, full size microfiber cleaning cloth. Right. And just dump the micellar water on it and do that. But, uh, but it's it's not, it's messier. That's yeah, what I find. A like, wipe. I mean, washing machines and all of that. And the, yeah, literally messier. Like you literally have micellar water running down you. Whereas a wipe is a wipe. Aldi's. No, I put the micellar water on my wipes. Do you? Okay. Removing, You're removing, removing layers. layers. Okay, I get it. I get it. Well, after the Style Awards on Saturday morning, I might be removing the same, so we shall see. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I'll be back in a fortnight, so stay tuned. And thanks for listening. Bye.